0: Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, the cusp show where we talk about innovation, media, literacy. We're going to talk about a lot of different things. Um, I'm here, Joe Favorito on Radio Row, along with Scott Rosner. Welcome back, Scott. How are you doing, Joe? Cool. So we're going to talk a little Ivy League football, I guess, this time? Absolutely. We've got a former Penn
1: Quaker in the house. Ooh. I think they cut my alumni card right now. And there you uh-huh.
0: go. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> so, Brandon Copeland, welcome to the Cup Show.
1: Thank you. Thanks
2: for having me. Cool. So, Brandon, let's, let's first of all I'll share your background for our listeners who don't know you yeah. um, and how you got here and why we're talking to a Penn alum in the NFL. Yeah. To the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. So, I'm Brandon Copeland. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland originally. Um, decided to go to the University of Pennsylvania, had an opportunity to go there. I was actually committed to Princeton for about a month, and then eventually decided to make the right decision. (laughs) Absolutely. We'll we'll, we'll talk more about that offline. I I agree. Right, right. Um, And then, you know, spent a great four years at the University of Pennsylvania, helped expand my uh, exposure to different opportunities, clearly off the field, um, playing for Al Bagnoli? Playing for Al Bagnoli, Coach Bagnoli. Um, you know, we, we won three championships in four years. We had a great, great run from 09 to 2013 and went undrafted out of the University of Pennsylvania back to Baltimore with the Baltimore Ravens and, uh, you know, had a roller coaster ride of a career. I've been practice squad the first year. I've been uh, cut practice squad again in Tennessee with the Titans coming in the year two. Uh, you know, thinking I got my foot in the door, and now I'm ready. And spent two weeks on the practice squad with the Titans, and then cut, and sat out the rest of the season. And then um, literally gave myself a year. You know, after sitting out 14 weeks and, and just trying to stay focused, stay ready, gave myself a year from January 1st, 2015, to get myself back into the NFL. Fortunately, uh, had this thing called a veterans combine it had never happened before. The only year hasn't happened since. The only year they had it, they they uh, accepted me into it. I had the best day of work I've ever had. Ran a four five one. I went from zero teams offering me a spot to sixteen NFL teams offering me a spot. I've been on an active roster ever since. And uh, you know, fast forward five years from then, uh, and now I'm I'm playing with the New York Jets. Just finished up my second year with the New York Jets, and you know, just working hard, trying to make an impact.
2: So let's back up because. You mentioned something that it's common to a lot of college grads, right? Mm-hmm. And even Ivy League grads, where, you know, you're a Wharton grad, right? Undergrad. Uh, so the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania. And... Do you teach there? I, I oh, taught gosh. there for 15 years prior to taking my appointment at Columbia a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Brandon t-
0: no, 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 never Brandon did not, going not take my class. We'll get to that <laughs> later,
2: Joe. But you graduate from one of the... From the top undergraduate business school in the world. And... You don't have a job, right? Right. right. You're slugging it out, and trying to make it, holding on to your dream. But what kind of other pressures are there? Because a lot of kids who graduate from Wharton who don't have jobs. Their families are all over them, right? right? Their friends are all over them. Right. What was that like for you?
1: Yeah, I think you, like you said, you you see what everyone else around you is doing, and you start to question and understand. Uh, what am I actually looking for and searching for? And I think for me personally, especially when I was sitting out of the NFL, you know, I worked my tail off daily for the dream of football. However, literally the entire time I was day trading, I was trying to figure out other ways and just, you know, I would shadow people and, you know, hedge funds and stuff like that in the city, just trying to make sure that I was prepared in case I did not get a shot so you know clearly there's a lot of us who graduate from these schools and we are just you know we've been told our whole lives you go to school you go you're gonna it's just all just gonna naturally just fall into place and and what I would tell people especially those listening who it's not necessarily working out exactly the way you plan as soon as you plan is understand I think those times my first couple of years that those hardships that adversity that I've worked through are the only reason why I'm looking at my eighth year in the NFL now, and I think with with that adversity, it makes me grateful for every single moment that I do have, and and that's what separates me from my competition, and that's what also can separate you. It doesn't have to be the football field. You are you, you, now you'll walk into your workplace yeah. grateful. We're gonna to get to that too.
0: Nice. Uh, and it's funny, a lot of people when you talk about people who're successful in business, they hesitate about talking about loss and learning mm-hmm. from your mistakes. Obviously, you had to make a lot of adjustments along the way to get to where you are in the NFL. Um, how beneficial were learning from those mistakes, whether they were at Penn in school or in the NFL so far? Yeah, uh, uh, super
1: beneficial. I think especially when you have the right perspective and the mindset, right? Uh, I think, you know, there's, there's a great quote that says, I never lose, I either win or learn, right? Mm-hmm. And when you can make sure that you're always keeping a big picture perspective in mind that's when you allow your losses to help shape you uh when we were going on our runs at, at, at Penn for football uh we won I remember we won the championship the first year and then coming in year two my coach Jim Schaefer who actually coached it at Penn I mean at Penn and then Columbia for a little bit uh one of the books he made us read was Sacred Hoops by Phil Jackson oh. and you know, one of the things, my favorite quote literally in life is from that book. It's too long for me to quote now, but... (laughs) Uh, one of the things he spoke about was the journey and the process being the beautiful thing, right? You, you don't want to fast forward as a football player. You don't want to fast forward to the Super Bowl and just hoist the trophy. The the things that you will remember are the ups, the downs, the triumphs, the failures, and all of that type of stuff to get there. Yeah, it's the hard that makes it good, exactly. kind of thing.
2: So, and even now, your path in the NFL has not been a linear one, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you've had bumps and ups and downs. You had a down this year, yep. um, and, not and the second sp- half of the year, the uh, first half of the year, right? But, but but learn from your experiences, yeah. right? So, and we talk about having that learning mindset uh, all the time. So, speaking of learning, mm-hmm. so Brandon did not take my class, although <laughs> I had about seventy five percent of your teammates over right. the years uh, at the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, for those who know, Morton actually has, at the undergraduate level, is heavily populated by student athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a big recruiting tool uh, for Most the school. Most of them take your,
0: used to take your class.
2: A lot of them mm-hmm. did, but it, it, uh, a big recruiting tool for the school, which makes a whole lot of sense, right? You can play football or basketball, whatever sport you're playing at a fairly high level. Um, and then, you know, when you're done, you're going to graduate from the top undergraduate business school in the world and the network that right. that opens up, right? right? I take it that was Al Magnoli's pitch to yeah,
1: you. Yeah, 100%. But the sad thing is, not even the sad thing, the funny thing is, the, the naive kid that I was from Baltimore, I had no idea what Warden was or how powerful of a tool it was. I remember my recruiting coordinator, Coach John McLaughlin, he came down to my high school at Gilman and sat in there and he knew I wanted to be a businessman. I wanted to go to business school and he was like, hey man, well, you, this is a no-brainer. You gotta come to Wharton. We have Wharton and I'm literally sitting there like, who's Wharton? Like is he coming down here? He's going he's a coach or something, right? And, and it wasn't until literally probably my sophomore year where I read a book called Running of the Bulls where I really understood that wow, like I'm, you know, I'm that guy walking jo- jolly hollygo jolly or whatever, you know, whatever the phrase is. Uh, I'm walking around here not understanding how crazy of an opportunity this is.
0: So, um, looking forward, after mm-hmm. your career ends, you started to look a lot to giving back. Mm-hmm. Uh, a big, interest in literacy, correct? Yes. So, tell us about your project.
1: Yeah. So, I, I uh, I'm actually a professor at the University of Pennsylvania. So, you know, I wanted how did that happen? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a the spot. Right. Exactly. So, so. <laughs> um, you know. I, it's been a pretty crazy story i think a few years ago uh i was actually i do real estate off the field i do flips and, and rentals uh we have two real estate companies my wife and i and we were taking a drive around me and some players were taking a drive around detroit at the time i was with the Lions, and you know one of us we're talking in the car about how schools should have a life course and uh, a course on how to buy your house and taxes and budgeting and all that type of stuff and and the players when they were talking about it thought it should just be for athletes I was like that's something that we all deal with so let's start it and and so I've worked uh, with my co-professor Dr. Brian Peterson and and the school to get this course started at Penn I nicknamed it Life 101 because literally it's about the things that are constants of life and your credit budgeting investing 401k retirement all these types of things that buying or leasing a car right you know like I told people I graduated and you taught me the sign of a 45 degree angle yet I didn't know anything about you know IRA or my 401k so you know, we're talking about it. We're having conversations. It's quickly become, you know, to be quite honest with you, the most popular course on campus. Well, wow. yeah. and, and no, Brandon, that's I, I've left the university. Yeah, exactly. Outside. That's it. Yeah. was a void to fill. He we opened up the, I did me, open right? up the door. I did open it. <Keep laughs> going. Um, and 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 I think the cool thing about it is, we actually have a lot of kids who are literally just taking the class for no credit and just learning. What department is it through? It's through Africana Studies yeah. uh, and ABCS, yeah. and it's, it's a, another community yeah. service component. Uh, Uh, We literally have my final for the kids. Is we have the kids, my students, teach high school students from Philly the information. So for me, I don't, to be quite honest, I don't want to sit there and grade your tests and all that type of stuff. But if you can teach budgeting, if you can teach how to buy a house to a high school kid on a high school level, then one, you probably have a very good grasp of the information. And two, more importantly, you feel comfortable enough sharing this with your cousin, your family, your mother, your, your sister, whomever, and now this is how this information spreads and we teach other people how to fish as well.
2: Yeah, now it's interesting. There's even classes for that. Um, you know, my alma mater, undergraduate, University of Michigan, um, has classes of this for their student athletes yeah. um, as they think nice. about financial literacy and, um, you know, what, what's gonna happen to them going forward especially for the guys who really have a chance right, right, um, you know at, at making it so but but at the at the, at the high school level it it is so so important yes, um, sure. and you see it across uh, a broad swath of demography we, we just didn't know yeah. it's just things you don't think about right, right? so kudos to you uh, for thinking about it and doing it um, so you mentioned flipping houses that you have yeah. some real estate so no one's career lasts forever. We talk all the time about career transition. We just had uh, a group of professional women soccer players in Mm -hmm. for a week of uh, executive education, thinking about what they're going to do next um, after uh, the career is over. Fantastic uh, program. Uh, Down the road, when it's over, how are you going to put that degree to work?
1: Yeah, so what I tell people now uh, and... I hope this doesn't come off the wrong way. When I'm done football, I want to do whatever I want, whenever I want. Good and for you. The way that, what I mean when I say that is, like I said, I have two real estate companies now. Some days I want to be the real estate flipper. I have a, a foundation my wife and I co-founded, Beyond the Basics Inc. Uh, the NFL Players Association just named me the uh, Alan Page Award winner, which is the highest honor. They donated 100000 to our foundation. That and, is fantastic. And Congratulations. Thank bro. you so much. So some days I'll just want to, do things in the community give back and, and you know uh, some days I just want to be a dad and, and a husband and, and uh, you know I, I invest I trade my own portfolio some days I'll probably wake up and just want to trade a little bit right where do you think you'll settle uh, down south you know, yeah, right down with you. yeah so my wife is from New Jersey and she works at Google she's, she's really the, the wow. brains of this whole That's operation right here yeah exactly Hurry uh, up. yeah <laughs> exactly I'll kick you cover yourself it, yeah. yep hey, exactly man. Um, but yeah I, I eventually think we would like to try to move somewhere down south where we can get a little more bang for our buck so to speak and I'm, a, I'm a very frugal guy as well hey you know what
2: as, as you may remember uh, we worked with NFL athletes for a really long time at Wharton
1: mm-hmm. in our career transition yep.
2: program and so much of what we talked about we really did focus on the finance piece because it's Wharton right? right but it was you know get rich slowly yes. right or and or you've got a head start Right, don't lose what you got. Right, <laughs> yeah. uh, and so so much it was about wealth preservation uh, and being frugal and living within your means, even when you're a player.
1: Yeah. Right. Yep.
2: Um, and the guy carries you a long way.
1: Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And it, a lot of guys, you see a lot of guys taking heed of that type of advice. I think there's been obviously a lot of media coverage around thirty for thirty broke and all of that type of stuff. So no one wants to be the next guy. Sure. And you know they had me speak at the Senior Bowl last week. Uh, to, to the incoming class Like the guys playing Made it mandatory For all of the those kids And you know Like I told them You've worked your entire life To make this money Right Like you've worked Your entire life To be here And part of it Was to make money And to provide For your family yourself. So now is not the time To get lazy So now you have to Work twice as hard To save your money And then three times As hard eventually To learn how to grow it right? It's not the time to just get lazy and turn your head to it and just start spending. And you didn't need two cars a month ago at, at college. You don't need two cars today, right? So, you know, the guys are, are, are taking heed to the advice. They're they're following the lead of, of other inspirational players, and, and it's going well. I'm excited.
2: Yeah, so much of that is veteran leadership and what the locker room's like uh, and what do you see the, the team leaders and the lifestyle they're living uh, and what kind of culture you're up in the locker room, too. It, it permeates. It's not just on-field. Exactly. It's off-field as well.
0: And one other last point before we let you go about that, because you seem to be able to do it well, is time management. Yeah. How do you manage your time in, during the NFL season to to focus on the things that you need to do, but plus you have all these other pieces?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think, one, I've gotten a lot better at compartmentalization, and so I know that when I'm on the football field, I am on the football field. When I'm doing uh, real estate, I'm doing my real estate, and I try to kind of compartmentalize so that I can ultimately have hundred percent of my brain focusing on something at one time and getting it done efficiently and effectively and then i can move forward to the next thing but uh prioritization as well like i know that a lot of these things stem from football so that is the primary focus right
0: does the coaching staff now that you're with the jets uh or the support staff understand and support what you're trying to do or is it is there a worry about that this is going to distract from the goal which is winning games
1: yeah no they the jets have done nothing but support me off the field actually when I, when I the award was announced yesterday and literally i got a lot of texts on my phone from coaches front office you know just thinking hey man we just really are proud of the way you represent this team on and off the field right and so that that is great i also understand that by doing these things off the field though I have to make sure I step my game up on the field. Because yeah. if I mess up on a play, they're going to be like, you're thinking too much about real estate instead of yeah. your playbook. Yeah. So it, it, I love the pressure because it makes me elevate my game yeah. as well. It's like right.
2: me in, in elementary school. They used to tell me, you're thinking about recess. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> staring out the window. <laughs> Which is where I spend most of my time. That's right. So, so, so we'll hold your feet to the fire here. Right. Uh, best class you took at the mm. University of Pennsylvania?
1: Wow, best class I took? You know what? There was a I, I, I love Professor Andrew Brandt. Yeah. For wow. the colleague. Yep, yep. That's a good throw out right yeah. there. But uh and, and, you know but there's a legal studies Professor R Ron- 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 Nick Rongioni. Ron- Ron- yeah, he had a legal studies course uh, that was so one oh one? Yeah, yeah. It, it literally was such a great time talking and, and coming um, Firm in your opinions. I think that was one of the... It, it was eye-opening for me. And your least favorite class? Ooh, least favorite. Stats. I, I, which, statistics. which one? Uh, 101, 102, oh, yeah. 101, all okay. of them. To be, it was 102, to be quite honest with you. It was just literally over my head. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Mine, too. All of these number clauses were just like, yeah, I just need to know if, if the stock starts at 45, it gets to 50 and I sell out I've made money cool I just need to that's know a very that i to do it that's a very yeah my so, low so high right, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly pretty funny
0: um, where can people find more about everything that you're doing
1: awesome uh, brandoncopeland.com www.brandoncopeland.com or on Instagram or Twitter at bcope51 b-c-o-p-e-5-1 for the Columbia following, the the New York following, we're actually talking about things we're doing in the community. We're throwing our first ever charity celebrity basketball game at Barclays Center. And so that'll be Saturday, March 21st. Uh, The very cool thing about it is... We're literally giving away thousands and thousands of tickets to people who otherwise just couldn't afford to enter the arena. So, uh, guys, entertainers, influencers, athletes, former NBA players coming out, playing for a great cause. The Nets play the Celtics after. You can buy tickets online. They're 15 bucks. but you can also donate tickets. Uh, and literally, I gave away 700 tickets to two different schools yesterday. The, the goal of this game is going to be to see the city out in, in great fashion. So, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. And, you know, we'd we'll love to see everyone out there. Another thing that a lot of people don't know about that as well, sorry to take up all your time, but <laughs> the day before the game special. is a exposure day, and we're taking 10 kids who are hardworking, ambitious kids, yet they're in just bad situations, Tough right? Spots, yeah. So we're going to take them and literally take them around the city on, and expose them to what their hardworking school can actually get them. So... We're touring the New York Stock Exchange. We're going to a hedge fund. We're going to visit my wife at Google. We're going to Time. Time is going to print all these kids' portraits of themselves, little Time covers of themselves. We're going to Nike so they can see and understand business and what their hard work can get them. So very excited for it. But Saturday, March 21st, check out BrandonCopeland.com to buy or donate tickets, and uh, we're going to have a great time.
2: Great. We'll certainly do that. you can listen to The Cuff Show with Joe Favorito, Scott Rosner, special guest Brandon Copeland. University of Pennsylvania, Ivy League alum, Go Quakers, Roar Lion Roar. (laughs) See you down the road.